Hey, how's it going? Good. Are you ready for this? Always. This is another special episode. (laughs) (laughs) That will never get old. It will never get old. We're halfway through 2018. We have recorded a podcast every week so far this year. And this special podcast is a recap of a conference we were recently at in San Francisco called the HustleCon. It was really fun to be able to travel with you again. Oh, gosh. Airplanes, man. I love traveling with you. I also love that we both love airplanes yeah. and I love you and an airplane. Well, I think we also fly very differently because differently. When, well, I, <laughs> when I want to travel, it's like, Oh, I can either, if it's a short plane, I can use that time to totally zone out. And it's like, I want to read a book. I want to listen to an audio book. I want to watch a TV show or a movie or something. And Steph is like, How many conversations can you and I have in one go? Yes, precisely. I would like you to not travel with a book or headphones and just travel with me. (laughs) Um, And I'm excited because traveling in for work also means that we actually just get to be experiencing different things in a different environment. Mm. So it's like it takes us out of our day to day. It takes us out of our regular routine And we get into different conversations because it's like, oh, did you notice this? And then all of a sudden inspiration hits or how do we apply this to our business? And it's like all it took was 24 hours in San Francisco and we came back buzzing. It's very true. No pun intended, but I did come back wanting to buy a bee farm. (laughs) Buzzing. Onward. It's not part of the 2018 strategic plan. (laughs) So a recap. A recap as... I like to do in races has now translated over to some a, a fun framework for these podcasts and that is the highlight the low light and what did you learn mm-hmm. let's just do a test run test run the highlight the low light and what did you learn about traveling with Steph oh my gosh okay uh highlight I would say um you know how to like be speedy like you don't like I don't need to like wait around for you in the mornings I don't need to like you know how to like get it going. Yeah, so. I was ready before you. You well. <laughs> you did iron my dress. <laughs> and I told you to blow dry your hair. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a trend on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, low light, I would say, is that. Oh, I don't know. What's a low light? Um, a low light would be that I need to feed you every hour. <laughs> So it's like there's not enough food that I can, like, pack mule around. (laughs) I'd like to know if that's any different than the life with me in Vancouver. Anyway, what did you learn? And I learned that uh, lounge access is key. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Highlight of traveling with my bro is hot diggity like you know how to move so I like that you think that I can keep up because I was like all right I have my power panties on and I am not gonna slow this man down (laughs) so we travel at the same speed no you travel at a great speed and I was thrilled to try to keep up you did a very good job okay very good for you um I've ran through a fair number of airports and this was not an exception of that where we're like Boarding closes in two minutes. Let's go. (laughs) And thank you, United, for another delayed flight. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by... 
Quest check. <laughs> um, low light. Oh man, low light was it was only twenty four hours. Yeah. What I would say is like it really felt juicy, and I love that we maximized every minute, and it felt like we could have kept going yeah. for sure. Um, and what did I learn? What I learned is that the sweetness of life in Vancouver translates everywhere we go. So I love that we woke up in time to hit the gym. I love that we care about food and healthy food in the same way. And when those are the things that matter at home, you make time and you find places and ways to make it happen when you're on the road. And I kind of feel like the road is a test. It's like, do do the things that matter at home stay with you and they super matter it's totally. awesome the alarm clock goes off you jump out of bed you great. go for a run i hit the mover app and do a little workout in the gym it's great yeah perfect okay that was your test <laughs> moving on to the conference so let's give people context so like HustleCon, what is it how did we find out about it yeah why did we go yeah so uh i'll kick it off you jump in the hustle daily is an email that we both get and we totally love it's written in a friendly and relatable voice. It is news that is relevant uh, for entrepreneurs, tech, startups. Uh, I, I actually, frankly, regardless of the news, like the way in which they write and how they set up their email. And I think there's always something for me to learn in that. And now I've come, of course, to love the content. And, and it's not just like entrepreneur, like it's not like how do you bootstrap, but also relevant in terms of what companies are merging together, what trends they're seeing, what big uh, investor just invested in certain businesses. So it's really about like the future of commerce. Yeah. Business news done for our generation. Totally. Written by our generation for our generation. <laughs> and the founder, Sam Parr, what a doll. I, I also like that they plug companies they love with a very personal tone. Mm. So it's, here's an app. Here's a, here's a system we're using and we stand behind it. And by the way, we're also promoting it or this is sponsored by yeah, totally. whomever. So, uh, I, there's an authenticity to that. I like, mm -hmm. uh, Sam founder shared with us that he actually started the conference HustleCon before the daily hustle. Mm -hmm. And it was meant to be a space to bring founders together. Entrepreneurs. Was that the original intent? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so that happened in, in San Francisco, I think he said four years ago. And so after reading the hustle daily for a year or so now, when it came out that they were putting a conference together, you and I kind of looked at each other and said, let's go. Yeah. And it was cool because they created an offline event and the way that they wanted to keep people informed and updated with what was going on with that group of people was they sent out the email, which now right. became the Daily Hustle, which is really cool to see how often it's, I started this thing online and now I want to take it offline. And what they actually did was the inverse and they started offline and then brought it online. Totally. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Highlight from HustleCon. Highlight from HustleCon. Uh, oh gosh, my highlight was totally the quality time that comes together, that comes by with you and I spending time together. Um, it, what I learned was that I could have absorbed that conference on my own and it was enormously better having you to chat, experience, um, sort of bounce ideas and thoughts back and forth because you experience something together. And that I thought was
was really, really awesome. Uh, I especially loved our Uber ride back to SFO because I felt like I had very concentrated Matt Corker time. <laughs> While you were like vibrating at the highest of like, we could do this and this and this and this. Yes, I, I think I tried to convince you that we needed a company dog, a protein powder supply at the office, um, ownership of a bee farm, maybe a rebrand, <laughs> just naturally a few things. <laughs> And uh, the other highlight for me was meeting the Hustle crew. It's really neat to, you know, you follow people online and I read Lindsay Quinn's words all the time and she's managing editor and she emceed the events and I thought she did a really, really great job. She really did. So, yeah, my highlights. What about you? I think my highlight is quite similar, actually. I think that spending time with you is awesome. And we also uh, met up with Jake Sticka from the Next Gen Men crew um, and he and his buddy Malcolm were there, and it was just cool to have a little dose of Canada in San Fran. Yeah, America. We're in America. Yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of, low light, holy cow, American breakfast is disgusting. Or at least, like, this, the one that was provided by the conference. Um, donuts, yogurt, and hard-boiled eggs. It was more like donuts, donuts, donuts a lot of hard-boiled eggs, and some yogurt. Yeah. And mind you, donuts are delicious. All, like... Refined sugar. Yeah, like, it is so addictive. a drug. Yeah. And the first... I was like, I'm glad we got a banana and things at our hotel before we left, because all I wanted was something fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Food. Um, the low light for me was just realizing what it feels like to sit all day. Mm. And even though we walked, you know went to our favorite Whole Foods for lunch. Um, it, it's still just the idea of being sitting all day long. Um, I, I appreciate that your energy feels low. And I think mm. I looked at you partway through and I'm like, they just need some yoga right now. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's a conference and I look back and think, wow, we used to sit in school all day. How did yeah. we do this? Oh, it was crazy. It's like kids got recess. Yeah, uh, see, playtime. Playtime, so yeah, important. So important. Yeah. Move your body. Super. Uh, okay, moving on. What did you learn? Oh, um, I learned that the conversation around equality or uh, women in the workforce is still a conversation led by women. Right. So to give context, there were 14 speakers at the event, three of them were female and of that all three spoke about the importance of hiring women of developing women of su of supporting and investing in women and the like 11 other speakers made no mention to diversity in any sense and so their success story was not built on or influenced by a diverse crew um and that just made my like heart like pulled on my heartstrings to be like Frig, if we had more women up there, the conversation may be different. Or, frankly, if we had more men that cared about diversity up there, the conversation would really be powerful as well. And I think you said it best. Like, thank you for not pretending to care. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't care. It didn't come up. Kudos to you. And the women that took the stage really cared. And it was so, it was just so authentic and real about their passion behind it. Um, and... What I would say is like, holy cow, having 14 speakers all in the like, we hustled to create our business. It's so cool to see how similar everyone's story is. 
in terms of like, we were going to run out of money and we had to bootstrap our business because our financing fell through and we didn't have a bank loan and we didn't have any outside funding. And every night I worried about how much money was leaving our bank account and like just the stories of bootstrapping just, I was like, way to go. Like it really, that was really inspiring to me. Um, what else did I learn? Oh my gosh. So much. I think I'll stop there. Okay. Over to you. What did you learn? So you speak of women. The first speaker was a female from Elvest and one of their stories was on how they built, um, or how they hired differently. And in hiring differently, it wasn't uh, about male or female or diversity as much as it was diversity of industry. And what I found interesting was that they hired someone from Weight Watchers because that was a woman who had experienced change. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really powerful. So you bring somebody in from Weight Watchers and someone in from Vogue and someone else from tech and you see, oh, we're not only hiring people from finance because by the way they're a finance company so that was really interesting to just keep an open mind that being industry agnostic and hiring rad humans is totally possible um and that part of their secret to success absolutely yeah Yeah, that really struck a chord with me um jake is the founder of movement watches uh he's based in venice he's 27 years old And hot damn, I think we need to hear from young people about, you know, buying a camera at Costco and returning it six days later when you've (laughs) done your photo shoots. Just the resourcefulness of of doing it and way to go. I also loved that everybody on his team is jacked and his biceps were bigger than my head. So (laughs) maybe protein matters. Wait, was he the one who also went on to Reddit, created a hundred... Of his own accounts. Yeah, so he went on created a hundred different user accounts using different IP addresses to upvote his conversations and topics and whatnot so that it would gain traction of the community. Yeah. So he, in fact, hired somebody in the Philippines, I think, to do it for him. Yeah. And then you looked at me and said, I guess this is why data doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) And thank you, you know? Yeah. It's called doing whatever it takes if you won't care about a score on the internet. Yeah. Maybe you should just care about how many people you impact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Pat from Impossible Foods. Uh, that man just stole my heart. I mean, there's something with 50-year-old vegans that just turned me right on. <laughs> because they are so matter-of-fact. Um, Pat from Impossible Foods. Doug, who founded Juicero. Seth Godin. The, none of them eat animal. and And they just... Their only point of talking to you is like, you're an absolute fool if you do. Mm. And Pat, one of Pat's best lines, in my opinion, was that he had his dream job. And when he looked out and said, there's a greater problem for me to solve, I need to leave my dream job. And if this problem is real, I will make a lot of money. Yeah, And I really appreciate the power of recognizing that he wants to solve a problem for the world because Mars is pretty ugly right now, and he's super aware that there is a commercial benefit. And way to go. That's what we need. Mm -hmm. People like him who really, really care at the helm and will use investor money so wisely to build something. And he he spoke of, you know, people thinking that the horse was going to get faster and how the horse raced the first car and how the car has now outperformed the horse. 
And I just thought, man, we need to think about more than just making a horse faster. Yeah, like using technology in a way. So the things that we know to be true today that we're trying to make better, will they actually be exponentially better in the future? Mm -hmm. Or is it just like natural progressive growth? You can make a horse faster, but you can't take a horse to the moon. Yeah, it's like, you know, horse doping. It's only going to go so far. I still believe in the horse. Um, okay, two other two other highlights or two other learnings for me that I really want to share. One was Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. It was great to have a Canadian on stage. Yeah. Way to go, Scooty. And, yeah, hometown uh, love. Hometown. The story of those trucks, I'm sure he's said that talk a million times, and he's great at it. He's super authentic, and... Uh, what I really appreciated was his candor in how many times he's failed and how many times his anxiety has kept him up at night for a decade. Yeah. And he's still stayed in the game. And yeah. not only has he stayed in the game, he has, I think, four different brands under him now. He has a beautiful new head office here in East Vancouver. And he's real. And gosh, authenticity is sexy. Yeah. And like for people who want to take the stage people who are listening who are like, I want to be a speaker, an impactful speaker, you know, watch Brian Scudamore talk because he didn't ever dance around the conversation, Truth. you know? And, yeah. and an example of that would be, you know, he had to let go of some of his team members. And instead of saying, oh, well, I was working with this great person and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I woke up and realized it didn't work. And this was this person's name. And this is how it impacted. And if we, if he was standing here today, it would be like he's done the work to complete it to be able to share the right. stories with so much um, candor. And I think that that makes him a powerful speaker. So it's like yeah. instead of talking about your journey, like it was really hard and then it got better. It's like, let me tell you the truth of what hard looked like and what I did to make it better specifically. Totally. And I think it's he it was just a powerful speaker. Yeah, he did a great job. My last one, I... I I just can't say enough about this brand. I was so excited to hear them speak um, on Reek from Bark. And one of their one of their business models um, or channels, I should say, is the Bark Box, which is a monthly subscription that you can get either for yourself or for a friend. Uh, and they deliver a box every month for your dog. And I you know, kind of rolled my eyes because while I love dogs, I don't necessarily love the frou-frou that comes along with dogs. And people love bark boxes. People love them. And hearing the story of three friends who loved each other and three friends who loved their dogs is really how this began. And now they're, you know, 400 plus people and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Um, you know, making people happy who love their dog and making poo bags punny. And, uh, I just, I, I really appreciated, um, I really appreciated his story and I appreciated him sharing the branding and some of the voice behind the business because it makes me want to think of how can we be more like bark to humans? Yeah. Like bark is for dogs. Oh my gosh. It happened, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Aqua size on Tuesday mornings. Um, our friend Johnny came came along with us, and we were talking about. He asked Laura, um, "Oh, do you guys have a dog?" And Laura and Warren were both like, "Oh no!" 
uh, we don't. And I was like, I feel like asking someone if they have a dog <sighs> is kind of like asking a woman if she's pregnant. Like, yeah. it's the same, like, oh, we really oh. want one. Because <laughs> we do. And it was just like, Bark was such a great example of, like, w- making me want a dog. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hence why I think we need a company dog. Yeah. One thing at a time. Okay, what is making your heart beat faster, bro? You know, this past weekend, I got to head out to Penticton and uh, ride the Cordo Fondo with some great friends and my lover and it's just like bikes and wine like sign me up sunshine baby yeah. what um well what's really top of my heart is that i'm not allowed to get a bee farm right now but uh the idea of a puppy could be really fun so i'm gonna say the idea of a puppy <laughs> there you go that's a wrap.